don't love working out. Um, I like doing martial arts. I like uh, climbing up ruin, ancient ruins. I love doing exciting stuff. I don't love lifting weights in the gym. I really don't. I used to like it more. Now, now I really don't like it so much, but I do it because I don't love brushing my teeth either, but I like having teeth, okay? So I do it for the same reason. I know it's good for me. I know it's, it keeps my body healthy. So I do it, it's hygiene. What's up, my friend? I'm health expert Ted Rice, and I'm coming to you from Bangkok, Thailand, where I'll be for the next couple of weeks before heading to Phuket to dive the Simulan Islands in the south of Thailand, which is one of the top 10 diving spots in the world. Can't wait for that. So I'm super excited to share this episode with you today because we're back with part two of our three-episode New Year I was going to say New Year, New You series. We could call it that if you want, but it's the New Year series. It's our three episode series. In the first episode, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it because we talked about the five major reasons why men and women over 40 aren't able to achieve their health and fitness goals. So in this new episode, I'm going to reveal the five, actually three, sorry, rules that you need to follow to start getting results, even if you failed in the past many times. And Let's be honest, if you're over 40, I bet you failed for even decades. But the good news is that you don't need to repeat the same mistakes in 2020. You can break the cycle now. So let's get started. You can get a lean, firm, fit looking body at any age. And I want you to think about what I just said, firm and fit. I use those words on purpose because that's what we're talking about here today. We're not talking about weight loss. We're not talking about just getting skinny. We're talking about fit and firm and lean. So fat loss is what causes the definition to appear, the leanness. Muscle is what gives a body its shape. And there's lots of people in the world who are technically skinny, but they're really skinny fat. And actually, you see a lot of that in, in Asia. Although they're not very big, they have low levels of muscle because so many people, they walk a lot, but they don't do any real exercise. Now, some do, some don't, but it's just you see more skinny fat is all I'm saying. And the main reason is because typical fad diets are designed to get the weight off as fast as possible. So they end up stripping away lots of muscle in addition to the fat. Now that is a mistake. Why? Because, and, and think about this for a second, how many people, and I got to call you out, ladies, but especially women, obsessed with the number on the scale, not obsessed with their body fat percentage, not obsessed with gaining as much muscle as possible because they know that getting big and bulky is just impossible. Impossible. If you're big and bulky, you've got fat on your body. It ain't muscle. I had someone tell me the other day, actually a couple months ago, it wasn't really the other day. She was like, I put on muscle so easily. I'm like, can you see your abs? No. Anywhere close to seeing any outlines of any abs whatsoever? No. That ain't muscle, honey. That's fat. Oh, don't honey me. It's, that's not my preferred pronoun. Listen, it's not muscle. It is fat. You're not gaining muscle. You're not big and bulky. You, are, you have gained fat. All right? Stop using the scale 
Because if you're only focused on weight loss, and this goes for men too, because men are are guilty of this, but in my experience, and I'm just speaking from my experience, and I'm going to speak from my experience, mostly women deal with this or have struggled with this, and men to a lesser degree, but no matter what your gender, the result is a soft, saggy body when you try to lose weight as fast as possible. And that's not what I want from you. That's not healthy and usually isn't sustainable and usually leads to gaining the fat back because when you lose muscle, you have to eat even less food. So we what, we, what do we want? We want a lean body featuring shapely muscle that is firm to the touch, not doughy thighs and a soft butt, soft chest, but oh, I can fit back into my clothes and when I look when I, when I have my clothes on, I look good. But when I take my clothes off, uh, you know, not as good. But I'm, I look good with my clothes on. Look, th- look, I'm happy if you've lost weight, but it's just not the right way to do things. You want to lose fat. So here's the good news. I've been able to help so many people change their mindset, learn the right strategies, the effective strategies, and put them into action in the context of their life how it really is, not when, oh, well, when I when when the kids <laughs> grow up and go to college, then I'll have some time to get in shape. No, no, you won't. You, you got to start wherever you're at, whenever you're at, and you have to adapt over time. And I've helped people do that. I've been a leading fitness trainer and world-class coach for over 20 years. Although if we're being honest, I wasn't so world-class when I first started. It took me a long time to get here, and it took me a long time to learn what really matters. In fact, I'd say over a decade. I've been in the industry for 20 years. I just don't say, I don't take the time to tell you, you know, for probably half of that time, I was just floundering around with most of the stuff that probably you're floundering around with, focused on the wrong things, thinking, looking for some special technique. There are special techniques, but You need to have the fundamentals dialed in first, like everything in life. And what I figured out was it comes down to three things. I mean, it comes down to more than this, but I think these three things really say it all. So if you've been struggling to get into the best shape of your life, what you're about to learn is going to get you clear on what you need to do. So by focusing on these three rules, you can start to get results, even if you failed in the past. In fact, So many people come to me in the coaching sometimes and they're like, oh, I've never gotten results before. I'm like, great. Now you're finally going to get results. But what you've done in the past is you've learned how to follow programs. You just need to follow the right one. So let's get into it. Rule number one is practice smart nutrition. One of the big problems with weight loss gimmicks, scams, supplements, fad diets is they don't deliver sustainable results. And As I've talked about in the past, there's only one simple question you need to ask yourself to know if what you're doing right now is the right approach. And all you got to ask yourself is this, can I see myself doing this for the rest of my life? And if the answer is no, then what you're doing is a quick fix. Can you keep up those six workouts per week? Can you keep up the not eating carbs ever or ever eating pizza or whatever it is that you're doing, only eating meat like the carnivore people, or only eating or being vegetarian? If the answer is no, you're, then you're, you're just wasting your time. You're going to end up falling off, just doing, you know, you're going to be on the plan, then you're going to be off the plan, and then you're going to gain the weight back. And so how do you end this cycle? Well, you've got to learn a sustainable system. For example, 
you know, people look at me and they look at how lean I am right now. And they think that, you know, maybe I'm doing something that's super strict or not, or, or so difficult to do. And the truth is, it's not that hard. <laughs> it's the truth. It's not that hard. In fact, if I, if I can share this with you, I was like, <laughs> I've, I reached out to my coach because uh, I, I worked with him to get super lean, started doing it on my own. And then I want to keep working with him. Um, for some other goals, because I, I really found that being on the other side of a coaching process, specifically for nutrition, I ended up learning a lot because I, now I'm a client. Now I know what it's like to be a client. And I, I've hired people before. It's not my first time. But I hired someone specifically who is in, who's philosophically aligned with me, with nutrition. And so now I, I got so lean, I, I like sent him a message like, Hey, um, Eric, like, is everything okay? I've got veins on my abs. I'm actually, my weight's kind of low. I mean, I feel great, but I just, you know, want to, I want some assurance here, you know? And also I have some other goals, some performance goals that we're going to be working on because I want to stay this lean, but I also want to perform really well too. So I want to find the, like the right balance of that. But what I'm doing now, it's so easy to do. I had an ice cream bar earlier. It was delicious, salted caramel with milk chocolate on it and almond pieces. But most of the time I eat, you know, I eat whole foods, but I, I, I do eat what I want. And um, I'm going to go to a buffet soon at the Mandarin Oriental Hotel in Bangkok. You think I'm going to restrict, I'm going to restrict what I'm going to eat. I, cause I'm going to, I'm going to be strong. I'm going to cross my finger. I'm just, I'm going to be strong. Fuck that. I'm going to eat what I want. Fuck. I'm going to eat what I want. And I'm still going to be lean. Because that one day doesn't mean anything. You know? It's just so crazy what people do. Like, like they're, they're not able to, they're fat. And then they struggle to be so strict and they're not getting results. And then they go out to eat and they don't have what they want. What the fuck? Could never live like that. That's unsustainable for me. And I think it's unsustainable for most people. And that's why they, that's why they binge eat in part. Now, of course, in the first episode, we talked about how people engage in numbing behaviors. And that's important to dive into, right? But also, if you're so strict all the time, I mean, you're just going to go crazy and, and let the floodgates loose. So my point in telling you this is that we clearly see that the more strict a nutrition approach is, cut out the carbs, just eat meat, don't eat fruit, it's never eat dessert again, just cut out sugar. Sugar is the devil. Sugar is evil. It's put on earth by Satan to, you know, like all this stupidness out there. I'm not saying that you should go and start pounding sugar, but I'm saying it, it, a little bit of it, it's not a big deal. I mean, if you're living off sugar, that's probably a problem. It's probably a bigger deal for your teeth than anything else. So the more strict a nutrition approach is, the less likely a person will be able to stick to it for the long term. So you got to stop being that person who follows fad diets. Keto is a fad diet. Now, now let me say this. I would say that how for some people, keto might be the answer to them, to, to like how, like, oh my gosh. This is how I want to live my life for the rest of my life. Like, I want to eat like this. I love avocado. I love, you know, nuts. I, I love 
uh, fatty fish like tuna and salmon. I love that savoriness of the fat and, you know, putting the, the salt in the fat. And, you know, for me, I love carbs and carbs uh, can affect you in many different ways, can affect your performance in the gym in a positive way while cutting them out, can affect you in a negative way. If you drop your carbs too low, you're going to deal with electrolyte issues. If you have problems sleeping at night or problems with anxiety, I actually did a very extreme low-carb diet and it triggered panic attacks. I mean, full-blown panic attacks. I went to the doctor multiple times, couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And the guy was like, oh, um, you know, well, you've had a hard life. I'm like, motherfucker, come on, man. <laughs> Try a little harder than that. I've had a hard life for most of my life. My life is actually pretty good now, or at least, you know, it, it was on the right direction when when things when that was happening. It's like, that's not, that's not the problem here. Like something else is afoot. And I actually found a case study showing how low carbs, now it's case study, so it's not strong, but uh, if you Google, Google this, ketogenic diets, panic attacks. And you'll see a lot of people who start having panic attacks when they drop low carbohydrate, drop the carbs to very low levels. So while we don't have solid research on showing, on, on talking about why that happens, um, it's something that I personally experienced and it went away after I added carbs back in, started going away, actually took a little while for that to happen. But, uh, you know, so there's these things that happen when we get extreme. So what I want to talk to you about here is, is the principle. So what is smart nutrition then? Okay, so let's talk about fat loss nutrition basics. Number one, energy balance. Every diet, no matter what they say, no matter how they say it works, the complicated, oh, it drops insulin because insulin's a fat-storing hormone. No, 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 no. I used to say that 10 years ago. It's not true. Energy balance. It's really simple. If we take more energy in than we, than we expend, then we gain weight. In fact, I have clients who are muscle gain clients, actually only one muscle gain client, and that's actually harder than fat loss, let me tell you, at least for me as a coach, because you can easily make someone fat by giving them too much to eat instead of helping them just build lean muscle and not put on much fat at all. So we know this is how things work. There's no arguments about it. Now, it's complex because most people don't know how to put it into play, but just understand energy balance. It's the thing. It is the thing on whether you gain, gain weight or lose weight. And I'm using weight on purpose. So the second thing that becomes really important for fat loss nutrition basics here is the amount of protein that you eat. Why? Few reasons. Number one, protein helps spare muscle. And what's the big issue that we've talked about with a lot of these extreme diets is you lose weight, but a lot of the weight is muscle. So protein helps spare muscle might even help you grow muscle while you're in a calorie deficit. The other things that it does is that protein boosts your metabolism. A lot of people don't know this, but you know, there's so much argument about carbs and fat, right? But here's, are you ready for this? Because this is one of the secrets here. Only idiots talk about, oh, carbs and fat and the carbs and the carbs and the fat. Look, that's dumb, dumb talk, okay? The people who know their shit know this. When you eat protein, 
there's a cost, an energy cost to digestion. You've got to chew your food, then you swallow it down, and then your smooth muscle moves the, uh, you know, it goes into your stomach, you secrete acid to digest protein, things move through your stomach into your small intestine, into your large intestine, all these things happen, the nutrients get absorbed, used by your body. Look, that's an energy-intensive process. It costs energy to do that. And here's something that a lot of people don't know. It costs more energy to digest protein. I'll give you an example of how this can play out. So let's say you eat a carb and fat heavy meal, and let's say there's no protein in it at all. Estimates show about 10% of that meal, so 1,000 calories of a carb and fat meal, no protein. About 10% of that meal, so about 100 calories, is going to be used up in the digestion and assimilation of, of that food. Now, protein, it can be as high as 30%. So if you have a protein-heavy meal, a 1,000-calorie protein-heavy meal, it could be up to 30%. So 300 of those 1,000 calories that you ate just got used up in the digestion. So those are the two major things with protein. And there's a third one too. Protein helps with satiety. Because let's be honest, why do you eat? I always ask this question. It's like, why do I eat? Um, Let me think about that. No, you eat when you're hungry. And if you're hungry all the time, you're going to have a problem staying on track, aren't you? Really simple, right? So what do you have to do? You have to eat in a way that causes you to not be hungry. And we know how to do that. And having a protein, focusing on protein is how you do that. By the way, the average is if you're in the healthy body fat range, which is probably around 24 to 26%, let's say 26% and lower for women and um, 20% and lower for men or under 20% for men, you can have about one gram of protein per pound of body weight. If you are overweight or obese, you're probably going to want to cut that back to about 0.7 grams per pound. So that's, those are the two big things. And then the other thing is eat 80% whole foods and eat 80 to 90% whole foods and then have like 10 to 20% of you know the stuff that you want to eat. But keep it within your calories. And if you do that, you can have your cake and eat it too, like I do. This is exactly what I do, by the way. And this is, exa- is exactly what I teach. So those are the big things, right? Mostly eat whole foods. It's really simple, but in the right amounts. And then the other part, you know, have your, have your uh, Haagen-Dazs ice cream bar that's covered in milk chocolate with almond um, chips. Have your delicious pizza with burrata cheese on it and uh, what do you call it? The ham and the arugula. Have it, you know? And, and some purists might say, well, what, why would you say that pizza's not good for you? It's like, uh, it doesn't work like that. The most important thing you can do with nutrition is lose body fat. Or one of the most important things is lose body fat. And I always chuckle a little bit when I, I always do this to people. And I know it's not too nice, but it's a way of like just getting people to stop their bullshit and to get clear on the truth. So I'll ask someone, okay, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, okay. I'm like, yeah, well, you, you got to eat 
properly to lose fat. And they'll say, oh, I eat properly. Uh, you know, I have a green smoothie for breakfast and then I have a salad for lunch. And then, you know, I have a sensible dinner. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, what's your body fat percentage? Oh yeah, my body fat, that's going to be about, I don't know, 30, 35%. Okay. So you're fat then. Okay. So you're obese and you're telling me that. And so what you're telling me that you're doing for nutrition, it doesn't matter because you are fat. Okay. And I don't say it like that. I'm saying it here because I'm all primed up. I'm like, you're actually, I probably did say it like that. Now that I think about it to this particular individual, he was a guy. I would never talk that way to a woman who is very sensitive about her uh, weight, but this was a guy. And I, I talk a little bit differently depending on the person I have in front of me. If they're on the verge of tears, I'm not going to talk in that way. But if they're a guy kind of cocky, you know, like, oh, I'll put the spirulina in my green smoothie. And then I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give that person a, a little dose of reality. Now I've, I've actually had women who have uh, cried. I haven't had a man who cried. So that's why I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, I'm not giving that example. I, I've had women who were crying and I, and I was, I was like, listen, it's, this is simple. You know, we can do this. I changed my approach, but for this particular guy, I wanted to give him a hard dose of reality. And I was like, man, you're fat. Okay. So what you're saying is just bullshit. You're not doing it right. You don't know what you're doing because you wouldn't be 30%, 35% body fat if you were. That's not healthy. There's not, that's not even the realm of healthy. We know health is, is somewhere in the 20% and under range for most men. You're not even close to being that. You have a huge belly, actually, don't you? And it, that was the truth. And he took it well, actually. But I'm just done bullshitting, you know? I'm done, st- I don't want to say the truth because, um, you know, then we'll actually have to deal with the truth, won't we? You know? And, um, and so the thing here is this. If you're not getting results, then what you're doing just isn't working. And we need to, we need to be more honest with ourselves, right? There's nothing healthy about having excess body fat. It's not helping you. The research, the science on that is quite clear. And the science on what it takes to lose fat, quite clear. That's why everyone in my program gets results. So those are the things you've got to focus on. That's what makes up smart nutrition. And if you do that, you can have your cake and eat it too. And I want to say one more thing here. Some people have a harder time staying on track with adding bits of like pizza or ice cream or that type of thing in their program. And it can lead to binge eating. So here's, here's something that I think is worth talking about that I wasn't going to, I wasn't planning on talking about, but after thinking about it, it, I I really want to share this with you. Something that I've shared in the past and I've had guests talk about it, but junk food, I want you to, let me start like this. Cocaine. (laughs) Okay. Look, Coca leaves have been used for, I don't know, thousands of years in the, the Peruvian, in, in Peru. And nobody's making a lot of money off of coca leaves or, or coca tea or getting addicted to coca tea or doing, doing anything crazy for coca tea, for coca leaves. But when it gets taken and processed and turned the coca leaves into cocaine, well, I don't have to tell you what that causes, right? Especially in America, we're the number one cocaine consumers in the world. 
right? Not to go off on a tangent about that, but why am I talking to you about drugs? Well, it's arguable that the processing of food triggers like cravings and addictive types of behaviors in people. And I want to be clear here. We're not talking about sugar. Oh, you're talking about sugar. People are sugar addicts. Not really. Who do you see spoon eating sugar? Nobody. I used to do that as a kid, by the way. I don't know if you did or not. I used to spoon eat sugar. But um, as far as uh, people aren't spoon eating sugar, where are they eating? They're eating ice cream. Look on the back, the ingredients label of Haagen-Dazs. It's not mostly sugar. It's mostly fat. It's sugar and fat. Look at pizza. People say, oh, the pizza, it's got all the carbs from the crust. Mm, It's a lot of fat from the cheese, depending on what type of pizza you have. Again, mostly fat, but combinations of fat and carbohydrates. Now, combinations of fat and carbohydrates are what are known as hyperpalatable foods. And these hyperpalatable, that's a sciencey term. Sorry, that's, you know, hyperpalatable foods. But the thing here that you have to know is that these foods that have never really existed in nature before, but taste delicious, have a different effect on our brain. They spike dopamine and, and trigger the reward system in our brain. And for some people, they're they're going to have a trouble just eating that one chip, right? Like Lay's, that, that commercial, if you remember, yeah, I bet you can't just eat one or bet you can't eat just one or whatever it was. That's because the, the again, chips, you're like, no, but that's carbs. Mm, it's fried in oil. It's coated in oil. That's why your fingers are so greasy afterwards. Same thing with French fries. So anyway, that can have a different effect on your, it has a different effect on your brain. It can trigger people. It used to trigger me. Um, I'm at a weird place where I'm not being triggered. I'm, I'm quite emotionally healthy at the moment because I, I've struggled with this regardless of my body fat percentage. I struggled when I was looking lean in my 20s. I'd struggle with it. I was a lean kid. I would spoon eat sugar and, you know, just eat candy like crazy. I would just, when I, on Halloween, I would just stuff myself with candy. I was so, you know, emotionally trying to fix myself with food, even though I didn't get fat as a result. So that's something you got to be aware of too. So depending on where you are, in your journey, you might not have a healthy enough relationship with food. And if you find yourself getting triggered, then that's something that you need to consider as well. So let's move on. Rule number two is train for your age and body goals. As you're, uh, To transform your body as you get older, you need a new approach. The, the truth is that the exercises you used in high school will eventually stop working and may even hurt you. And in fact, If you're a person who punishes your body with extreme workouts that leave you exhausted or injured or feeling like, oh man, I can't do that again, that's not healthy and you're not doing anything good for your, I mean, your heart is going to be, is getting a good workout, but the rest of you, it's under too much stress. It's not what you do. So what you need is the right amount of exercise that is right for you right now. So being sore is not an indicator of progress. So many people that have trained in in the past are like, oh, I'm not sore. It wasn't that good of a workout. I'm like, well, soreness doesn't doesn't matter. So what does matter? How do you train for your age and body goals? So if you're talking about fat loss, we're also talking about muscle growth because the more muscle you have on your body, the easier it is to lose fat. It's as simple as that. 
and work it, you know, some I've, I've seen like, well, I don't want to work out too much. I don't want to look like a bodybuilder. Oh, you will not look like a bodybuilder. Looking like a bodybuilder is extremely hard and ain't going to happen casually by going to the gym three days a week or four days a week or even five or six days a week. So it's not going to happen. So what are we talking about focusing on here? And so many people, they're, they're, they're all confused about what to do. So what do I mean training for your age and body goals? Well, number one, as you get older, it, it, it becomes harder to put on muscle because of something called anabolic resistance. And what scientists think is that this anabolic resistance is in part due to poor circulation. So we're going to talk about that in a second. So number one thing that we need to do is focus on resistance training. And if you're focusing on resistance training, you're like, well, I, I do chest on Mondays, back on Tuesdays, and legs on Wednesdays. And look, or I do this special exercise. I do this exercise where I do a step up, and then I do a curl, do a press, and then I do this reverse, you know, sideways lunge. And, you know, it's these special exercises that I got from this trainer with a really nice haircut and uh, nice abs, nice smile, and matching shoes, right? Or, or his shoes his shoes look cool and matched his outfit or her outfit, as the case may be. That stuff doesn't matter. What really matters? Do resistance training. The only thing that an exercise really does is it targets muscle groups. So you got to do, you got to have your pushing muscles, you have a, your, your pulling muscles, you have your leg muscles, okay? So you need to just choose exercises that target all those areas. Now, you can target your hamstrings or your quads. Uh, you can target your glutes. You can target your chest. You can target your shoulders. You can target your back muscles, your lats, your rhomboids, the muscles that squeeze your shoulder blades together. So you can target all these muscles. But what really is so, so choose exercises that you know how to do that target the muscles that you want to work on. And choosing bigger exercises like pushes and pulls and squats and lunges are going to be better in general, than isolation exercises, just in general, because you can get more done in a shorter amount of time. And even more importantly than that, uh, which we'll get to next, is most compound exercises, instead of isolation exercises, it's easier to load them. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a, a second. So there's two laws that I teach my coaching clients here. I'm giving you this away. I'm giving this away for you right now. This is what I People pay me to teach them. So the number one thing that needs to happen is you got to work your muscles to exhaustion. Oh, but I do, I use, I do uh, four sets of 12 and I use 200 pounds and I do this. No, no, look, I don't care what you're, I don't care how much weight lift you're lifting. I don't care how many sets you're doing. I don't care how many reps you're doing. All I care is this. On every set that you do, are you taking it to muscular exhaustion or not? Not failure where you've got to contort your body and you twist and you you re, you know grind um, you know the weights up and compromise your posture and technique. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about you're working until the weight gets feels it starts off kind of feeling light, but then it gets really heavy and you really push it. That's what matters. Doesn't matter what exercise you do. That's what matters. Doesn't how much weight how much weight do you, it actually does matter how much weight you use. If you're using weight that's too heavy that you can do less than five reps with, it's probably a little bit, I don't want to get into the nuances here. I want to stay on track because most of you really aren't going to be doing sets of three reps. But in case there is any people, are any people doing heavier weights, you're going to have to do more volume. 
So I don't recommend lifting under five reps if you're interested in muscle growth. And I don't recommend doing more than 30 reps either because um, it, it just takes so much time. And when you get into the 50 or 60 reps, it, it can also not work as well. Okay. So that's what we need to do. We need to work to muscular exhaustion and we need to keep it in that five to 30 rep range is, is a good rep range. Um, you know, we can work in all different rep ranges within that range, but it's got to be in that range from five to 30. So let's talk about the second most important rule here is you've got to make progress over time. If you're not doing more than what you did last time, your workout's not working. If you're using, if you're doing the same exercises with the same amount of weight for the same amount of sets for the same amount of reps, you're not making progress. You're in a rut. And it's no wonder that you don't see a difference in your body. So you've got to be focused on the things that matter. And the last thing I want to add here is this. Okay, let me say this. I don't love working out. Um, I like doing martial arts. I like uh, climbing up ruin, ancient ruins. I love doing exciting stuff. I don't love lifting weights in the gym. I really don't. I used to like it more. Now, now I really don't like it so much. But I do it because I don't love brushing my teeth either. But I like having teeth. Okay? So I do it for the same reason. I know it's good for me. I know it's, it keeps my body healthy. So I do it. It's hygiene. And the other part of hygiene is working your cardiovascular system. Because if you're just lifting weights, I don't believe it's enough. I believe getting into great cardiovascular shape is crucial. It's not great for fat loss, but it helps overall. It helps because it burns calories. It helps because it gets your circulation going. So doing a walk in the morning, getting on the treadmill in the morning, going for a bike ride and hitting you know 30 minutes or working your way up to 30 minutes several times a week, that's going to be crucial. You could even do the cardio at the end of your workout. Don't do it before if you're really trying to get great results because it can compromise your results. I'll tell you personally, I do my weightlifting afterwards. After I do, I'll, I'll go and do a jujitsu class or a Muay Thai class, kickboxing class. I do the lifting afterwards. Not ideal for uh, muscle growth. But then again, muscle growth isn't my number one priority, right? Train for your age and body goal. So my body goal is uh, to stay lean, to, to maintain muscle, maybe to build a little bit, but to have fun doing what I do, doing the martial arts. And I'm having fun. I'm kicking butt at 42 years old. I'm, I mean, uh, you should have seen me today. I did a jujitsu class today. I was pleased with myself because I, I, I used to struggle so much in the past with injuries, with being out of shape. And I just felt light, lean, healthy, fast. And so it's crucial that you get your heart in shape as well. But if you only have one thing to focus on, focus on the lifting. So let's move on. Rule number three is to fix your mindset to fix your life. Fix your mindset to fix your body. Fix your mindset to fix your life. What do I mean by that? Well, think about this. Most people lose the same 10 to 20 pounds over and over again in a repeating pattern that they can't seem to get out of. That's not, that's a mindset issue. Why do I say that? Because they spend thousands of dollars on gym memberships, personal training, food, eBooks, courses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And despite training hard in the gym and doing all of that, they don't ever get the results. And the truth is that those, those things people do, like, oh, I do high intensity interval training. 
It's like, yeah, okay, great. Is it working for you? Oh, I joined CrossFit. Oh, I do Insanity Max. It's like, okay, cool. Is it working for you? Because doing exercise, getting your butt up off the couch and, and doing something's great for you. But if it's, but we can also do something that's healthy for us, but doesn't get us results too. And let me ask you, aren't you tired of being stuck in that cycle when you're anxious, stressed, frustrated, bored, bored, overwhelmed, or unhappy, you know, and you end up turning to, um, you know, you're either on the program or off the program, all or nothing in your approach. You're like all about it. Oh, I'm going to do it. I'm I'm working out six days a week. I'm eating super clean. Oh, I'm off my diet. Oh, I stopped working out. Oh, now I'm back on it though. Now it's really going to happen this time. I really... So that's where people are. Oh, I was so good until the holidays came. And then I just, you know, I gave up everything. It's all or nothing, all or nothing. You've got to learn how to do things even when you don't have it perfectly. And what I teach my clients in my coaching program, it's like, okay, so you usually work out for an hour. Now you have 10 minutes. What do you do? They learn what to do in 10 minutes. Oh, five minutes? You don't have five minutes? Okay, now you do five minutes. But you always do something. The challenge is to always do something. There's never no off the program. There's only adjusting the, the the knob. So most people do like a light switch. They flip it on or they flip it off. Oh, I'm on the program. I'm on the wagon. Oh, I fell off the wagon. Oh, I'm back on the wagon. It's just crazy so many times I've heard that. I check people when they do that. I check people when they say, oh, I'm off the program. It's like, don't ever be off the program. You're always on the program. It's just you're dialing up or dialing down what you do, depending on how busy you are, how much time you have, how you feel. Oh, I just was too tired to work out with weights today, so I just didn't go. No, go and walk on the treadmill or take a walk outside, but do something. You never settle for doing nothing. You always do something. And if you don't get this one, this one shift down, you're never going to get this handled. The only time when you should absolutely do nothing, I'll give you an example. I got dengue fever in Thailand. I couldn't get out of bed. I had a throbbing headache. I was so weak. My joints hurt. It was terrible. So for a solid week, I think, I just laid in bed. I could barely get to the bathroom. In fact, I, I think I peed in a bucket, if I remember correctly. It, I, was so, I was so sick and feeling so bad. So I didn't do anything. That's an example of when you are off. But as soon as I could do something, actually, that's not completely true. I was still, um, with nutrition, I was still on track a little bit. I was uh, forcing myself to eat protein and vegetables and stay hydrated. Actually, I was coach working with my coach when, when that happened. I was working with my nutrition coach. I, was, I lost a solid, I don't know, probably two or three weeks where I was just, you know, just not, couldn't do much. But even then, I tried to do what I could do. And I did a little tiny bit of exercise because I've got to do exercises for my back to keep the, the, the muscles turned on and strong. So it wasn't really a workout. It was more like these activation exercises. But you've got to get rid of this all or nothing mindset. 
You can't ever be off the program again. You always have to challenge yourself. What can I do here? How can I be on here? Even in spite of dad being in the hospital, even in spite that I'm waiting for my kids at soccer practice, you get out, you, you, you get out of that car waiting at soccer practice. You knock out of set a set of squats. But how many do I do? How many sets? Refer to the first rule that we talked about earlier. You go until muscular exhaustion, right? You see how this all works? This is the shift that you need to make. You've got to get rid of that all or nothing mindset, this on or off the program. It's a volume knob, not a light switch. Dial things up or dial things back, but you never turn it off, ever. And don't ever say that, oh, I don't have time. You have five minutes, two times a week? Then do that. Push-ups or, and, and either lunges or squats, depending on, you know, it's like you can always do something. And if you do that, if you challenge yourself to do that, you'll never be off the program again. You'll never slide completely backwards again. And that's what I want for you. So I hope you understand these rules and I hope you start following them. So in the next episode that'll be released tomorrow, I'll talk about the last two body transformation rules that you need to make to finally reclaim your health and build the body you deserve. So in the meantime, if you're curious about the coaching program and, and, you, and, and this is resonating with you and you're like, you know, I'm tired of all the, that bullshit too. I really want some help with this. I want the right guidance. I, I don't want to be on the program or off the program. I really want to learn how to be more flexible and not so attached and beating myself up when I'm off the program instead of just accepting the way life is and just doing your best and, and going through going through it and, and developing the skills and the habits, most importantly, to stay always stay on the program, always do something. So again, if you're curious about my coaching program, go to legendarylifepodcast.com slash coaching to learn more. And spots are filling up quickly and I'm running out of room. I'm going to have to hire another coach soon. But that is, I don't know, <laughs> I've never hired anybody before, so that's going to be an interesting experience. But right now, if you feel like you're a good fit for the type of approach that I've outlined, check that page out today, legendarylightpodcast.com slash coaching to learn more. Hope you enjoyed this. Love you. Remember, you have got this. This is, this is something you can definitely do with or without me. You can do it. If you want my help, I'm here for you. But you can do it without me too. But if you haven't been able to do it on your own and it's been a couple years, maybe go and check out that legendarylightpodcast.com slash coaching link. All right. Hope you're enjoying this. See you on the next episode. <laughs>